Hello and welcome to the Games of the 18th Bloke Potty Ad. And let me just say up front that we will not be phoning it in like any Chinese badminton teams. This is going to be a performance as bright as Paddy Mills' shoes. Jeez, that's saying something. It is indeed. So there's all my um, pre-scripted material out of the way, so expect a significant decline in the <laughs> quality uh, of our of our conversation from here on in. Yeah, well, you know, it's, as long as we're not shooting 8% on our on our zingers as per the Lithuanian team, Jeez. we should be all right. But, uh, right, so let's get into it. The Olympics Games. Uh, Over. Yeah. For another four yep, years. Four years, jeez. On to Rio. Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. And let's just quickly throw to Mr. Jamison here. As usual, it's Action Jackson and GJ here. So, Blink Reaction, Australian's performance. Um... Um, I would say a mixed bag. Uh, we're well... We, we're sitting on the fence there nicely. Yeah, <laughs> At one stage, we were, we were going to be doing well trading in silver. Um, yep. So, you know, the, the price... You know, we did see price some... Of silver was going yeah, up. Yeah, we did see the price of silver going up on the stock exchange in Australia there for a while. But, um, I mean, look, a couple... I guess we had a couple of people who we were expecting bigger things of who... Mm-hmm. who kind of bombed and yeah i mean the summation of the games could really be thank fuck for the sailors <laughs> yeah well that's that's it i mean this this if if somebody said to me before the olympics that the sailors would win gold more gold medal than the swimmers yeah. i would have i would have probably laughed at you but well um, you've, you've touched on my general feelings of it which is basically i think you need to look at the team in two bits i think the yeah. swimming team and the rest. Yeah. I think the rest performed above and beyond themselves. Sally Pearson yeah. did what she was expected to do. Lauren Mitchell put in a really good performance, was unlucky not to win a medal. With her abdominal strain, she she did everything she could. Mm. Um, and obviously, yeah, the sailing. Um, and, I mean, we had some good, I guess, the beach volleyballers and, you know, the weightlifters and all that, you know, might have hoped to jag a medal or two from all the other sports. But I yeah. think, yeah, sailing got us over the line. But mm. the swimmers, it's this, it's got to be the sport in which the most money is spent, I'm sure, in Australia. Certainly the most high profile and the highest yeah. expectations are of our swim team. Mm. And it was a belly flop. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the, uh, I think it's the first Olympics since 1976 where we fa- failed to win an individual gold medal. Mm. Uh which is damning, really. It is. The missile seemed to... Uh, Misfired. Well, misfire, yeah. I, I do feel for him. I think... I mean, it's really shades of Eamon Sullivan four yeah. years ago when you're losing by that sort of margin. But I think, yeah, the the relay team in particular, they crapped out mm. on us big yeah, time. Yeah, well, not winning a medal at all. Yeah. Which was a, a big surprise. Yep. And I think a lot of the other individual performances, again, there were a lot of silvers and bronze, but people, uh, Emily Seabom, who admitted she was up all night on Facebook and Twitter and started to just believe the hype and things like that. And, you know, people like Jessica Shipper then leaving the Olympics early and a lot of the other swimmers not attending uh, the swimming events after their own individual um, races were finished. There just seemed to be, yeah, uh, I or, don't know, or, the, the spirit out. and the culture of that swim yeah. team in general does or, not seem to be very good. Or they're out mingling with Kobe Bryant. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so I think, yeah, I mean, it's ironic that <laughs> the New South Wales Institute of Sport came out a few days ago and said they're cutting sailing when um, I think six of the seven medalists in sailing are from New South Wales. And yeah. I was just sitting there going, well, in terms of return on your investment, why wouldn't you be cutting uh, swimming instead? Well, I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting when you hear people like Susie O'Neill coming out and saying things like they don't want it badly enough. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty damning too. Yeah. So, look, I think that that's, a, that's certainly a, a fair assessment and it'll be interesting to see if anything does happen as part of this review. Mm. But as you say, are they getting the return on investment for, for what's spent on the swimmers? Yeah. Probably I mean, not. in terms of their performance in general, they did, they did reasonably well. But for me, it's just about how much money and how much time and energy is poured into well, the mean, sport yeah, I compared that, to the rest. I think that, you know, with regards to the swimmers, you have to look at it and you have to look at these things very, very differently. Mm. I think that there's people who you, you don't have expectations of a high medal. Yeah. There's going to be people who you have expectations that they do reasonably well. Yeah. Then you're going to have expectations of people who you, you're not necessarily expecting to win, but you want them to be swimming a personal best. Yeah. I think that if you go to a, to an Olympic Games and you swim mm. a personal best, you've actually done pretty yes. well. It doesn't always mean that you're going to win a, yeah. win a medal, but... Because, I mean, you look at, I mean, the 400-metre runner who made the final and ran a yeah, huge exactly. individual best. I think the, the female marathon runner who, sorry, I should know their names really, but she finished seventh, which I think is our best result ever, and she ran a huge PB too. Yeah. Compare that. I and mean, then, of course, the diver as well. Um, uh, Brittany? But yeah, yeah. With a B? Yeah. I, BB, the, let's yeah. go with that. The BB the young, one. The young, the young one. Yeah, yeah. 16-year-old. Yeah. She won silver and... Pretty much when the Chinese are there, Matthew Mitchum aside, you're always just going to be competing for silver. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think in all the other sports, you could say, yeah, we we pretty much did as well, if not better, than we would have expected. But it was just swimming, the swimmers in general. Well, I mean, the thing is just that... The, I mean, the other thing about it, particularly historically with the Australian team, is, is that it's a swimming team that generally gives us the momentum. Mm throughout throughout the Olympics to perform a little bit better in some of those other events. Yeah, pick um, off the blocks, so to speak. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, uh, as I said, I, I honestly didn't watch as much of the Olympics this time around as I, as I have in the past. Mm. So I don't know if it, it was... was a, it was a pretty bad time zone. Yeah, I, so I don't know if it was a time zone or if it was just a lack of interest. <laughs> I mean, to be perfectly honest, I... I watched the. I must admit, I watched the men's basketball gold medal game. But for anyone who knows me, that's not really a surprise. <laughs> and apart from that, it was bits and pieces mm. all around the place. So I didn't really. I. I can't. Didn't remember. commit. No, no. <laughs> I didn't see a gold medal we won live. Put it that way. Jeez. Oh, well, how many? We finished with seven. Seven in the end. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I did. I did. I mean, the. I was just going to say. Australian highlights and overall highlights for you. My Australian highlight was definitely night number one with the women's uh, 4x100 relay, yeah. freestyle relay. That was a brilliant, not a, only a brilliant performance, but a brilliant race in general because they were nipped up with the US the entire four individual swims, really. There was nothing in it the whole way. Going stroke for stroke, as, as Billy Birmingham would say. But, um, yeah, that was my Australian highlight. And the individual highlight, I mean, it had to be the lightning bolt, I think. The, the yeah. 100 metres in particular where... Well, Carl Lewis might disagree with you, but, um, yeah, I think 
it begins and ends with him, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, geez, the first athlete ever to, to go back-to-back in yep. both events. And and the only reason Carl Lewis had done it in the 100 was because the guy who finished first yes. was revealed to be a drug cheat, so nine, he didn't actually win it himself. 9-7-9 nine, nine, nine asterisk, yeah. as, as I like to say. Yeah, but still Bolt sort of uh, <laughs> made that mark a little bit redundant now, hasn't Yeah, it? that's right, yeah. <laughs> The only yeah. person I know who couldn't run a world record with doing the last 10 minutes uh, straddling yeah. sideways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, he's just a phenomenal athlete. Tremendous athlete. <laughs> I, I, you just look at somebody like that and you would find it hard to believe that um, there's any performance enhancing going on there, I think. Uh, I. It would be possibly the greatest tragedy in the history of sport. Yeah, if, if, if it they was found true. out that yeah. um, that he is, that's a, I drugs. think that that's a good way. That's probably a better way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just just looking at him though, you're like, yeah, the way that he's um, yeah, it's the whole package with him. It's the bravado, the yeah, the, you know, the signalling from the blocks and everything he, like that. It's just the yeah, thing that I like about him is, is that he he clearly loves what he's doing. Yeah, I really do, and that. That's something that I really appreciate mm. about him. And, yeah, look, if he does come down and play in the BBL, as oh. everybody's saying, it would be... He'll certainly draw a crowd. Sore point, way. GJ. Sore point. Has it really come to this? Well, not only him, Johan Blake oh. being discussed as well, potentially joining the Sydney Sixers. I'm so. with John in Verity on this. It'll pull a crowd, but... Well, you could almost sense him going, for fuck's sake, we're supposed to be using this as some sort of guide for <laughs> for selecting teams for, you know, World 2020 events and stuff like that. Do you really think we're going to get a good read on players if they're facing up to two Jamaican sprinters? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Integrity of the competition is not exactly a key concern for the Big Bash League, let's put it that way. Well, it's, it's, yeah, well, they're using the Big Bash to fund all the other games, let's face it. So, anyway, so your own Australian and uh, overall highlights. So, you're going Bolt it? overall? Bolt overall, yeah. I, I just think. I mean, with, with Michael Phelps, just the, the, the body of work over the last three Olympics, a close second. Yeah. And probably the third one, which, uh, the, from the one thing that I did watch live, the performance of the Spanish team in the uh, gold medal basketball game with a little bit of luck. Yeah. And Marc Gasol not fouling, getting so many fouls early on there, mm. got four fouls from about four minutes into the second quarter. That could have been a very different game. I think that they really pushed the US, which didn't really surprise me that much. But uh, what did surprise me was the way that they were doing it. And Pau Gasol's performance in that game was was phenomenal. Mm. It really was. I guess from an Australian perspective, uh, I'm going to go with Sally Pearson. It, yep. seems, it seems the obvious selection, I know, but... Um, Given you know that she'd lost a lost a race just before the Olympics started, mm. and you know there was a, a lot of pressure on her. She hadn't beaten the Americans. That was the, yeah. I mean, everyone's talked about her being unbeaten before then. But my yeah. biggest issue with her, biggest question mark, was I just looked at all her lead-up events. She hadn't raced the Yanks in any of them, yeah. and as soon as she did race an American, she yeah. lost. So I actually thought, oh, it's it's yeah, it's far from a. A done deal here, mm. but um, wow! That you talk about someone like Usain Bolt and the whole package. Sally Pearson just she was there from day one to win mm. a gold medal. She yeah. talked the talk, she walked the walk, and I think 
perhaps someone like Rick Charlesworth, who seemed to do nothing but deride his own team's performances throughout, could perhaps maybe consider the power of positive thinking, because I think Sally Pearson is a perfect example of that. She was yeah. there to dominate all of her opponents from, from the very beginning. And I did find it interesting that before the Olympics, her coach in particular, and the way her coach spoke about her loss beforehand to, I think it was Kelly Wells. Mm. Yeah. Um, she just said, oh, you know, everything's tracking the way we want it to be. Yeah. We're not really that worried about it. I mean, it's, it's good to hear something like that. I just think sportsmen in general just seem to have an overwhelming fear of being shown up these days. It's like they're all scared to actually demonstrate any sort of confidence. Mm. They're all sort of, oh, you know, taking it one week at a time, very cautious, don't want to get ahead of ourselves sort of thing. I think if you come into an event, and that's what Rick Charlesworth did the whole way, I think. I think he came in saying, oh... You know, yeah, our form's all right, not great. When they won a couple of early games, he said, oh, I was very disappointed with the way we play. We've got a lot of area for improvement and stuff. Mm. I think at a certain point, you've got to come in and start strutting your stuff and sort of just poking your opponents in the chest and saying, we're the best and we're here to win. They seem to just have this fear of, oh, if we say that and then, you know, don't win, it's going to be so humiliating for us. Well, But, I mean, maybe Rick saw something that we didn't see. As it, I mean, as it turns out, you know, the kookaburras, you would expect to... Even the games where we were up 2-0 and 3-0 against Argentina and GB, mm. respectively, and then drew those games, yeah. I just thought, it's almost like they're believing what he's saying about them. Because I think if they had just gone out there saying, we're world champions, we're the best team in the world, and we're here to win a gold medal, mm. they would have bossed those games, and I, I don't think they would have drawn them. I think they would have won them both easily. Mm. I just think, yeah, the whole mindset of that, you know, and now you can look at it and say, well, it, it, it was proven right. But I think had they, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> and I think that's what it ended up looking like. They almost just didn't believe that they could win. Whereas you compare that to, say, West Coast in 06, where they came from six goals down to beat Geelong and then came from... Nine Seven goals, goals down, to, yeah, nine goals down to be half in the next down, week. Yeah. That sort of belief they had, you know, I think the belief to win from any position yeah. is really important. Yeah, I remember sitting at the Carlton game three quarter time, shaking my head, wondering what the hell was going on. Mm. But at the same time, that, flashing back, I do remember Adam Hunter kicking a goal just before the three quarter time yeah. siren, thinking. That was probably handy because we're still just in yeah. this game if we play well enough. And they weren't panicking. They mm. knew they could win. They believed they could well, win. Well, I mean, I, I didn't even give up on the Geelong game. Nine goals down, which sounds insane. Mm. I was there going, eh, and a couple of things swing our way. We can yeah. get back into this. And yep. from memory, they cut it to about five just before three-quarter time. And <laughs> I always feel if you're five goals down, you, you, you know, you're probably, if you're a good team, you're probably a 5% chance of winning. But... Yep. You're still a chance. I think that that's the important yeah. thing. So, yeah, a bit, bit of a random tangent there. But I just think that when, it's, when it comes to, yeah, the power of just belief and positive well, thinking, and I, I think always that, go back to West Coast. And, and I mean, six. referring back to the gold medal game, LeBron James and, and Chris Paul in particular in the last four to five minutes mm. when it got a little bit tight, yep. they were the two that were making things happen out yep. there. K, KD hit some big shots, but... You know, LeBron made the play where he shoots a three and then he comes down and gets an easy bucket straight mm. after. Then Paul milks the virtually the entire shot clock and lays the yeah. ball in late. They were the guys who 
doing the leg work. Yeah, <laughs> but they had that belief. Yeah. No, I'm taking this. Yeah, we're, we're not, not going to lose this game. Yeah. I'm going to make sure of it. Yeah, um, I think that's what the kookaburras needed a bit more of. And I mean, it is interesting with LeBron James is that that's been historically one of the big knocks on him, that he doesn't have that killer instinct. years. Yeah, that he doesn't have that killer instinct. Mm. And um, yeah, so, somewhere between... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it probably started Game 6 in the Eastern Conference Finals this year. All of a sudden, he just decided, yep. you know what, I'm the best player in the world and nobody can stop me. Oh, I think the exact same thing happened to Novak Djokovic um, over the last yep. 12 months. I mean, that final against Nadal... Back in the day, the only thing I thought where anyone had the edge was Nadal's just refusal to lose. Mm. And he demonstrated that to the nth degree in that game, and Djokovic still beat him. I must be sorry, I just remember one other thing that I did watch, which was the, um, the, Wim- the, the match at Wimbledon, the Andy Murray versus Roger Federer. Federer yeah. I, 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 at least I think I watched it, because what I saw was Murray winning in straight sets. Did that actually happen? Yes, it did. Yeah, um, that seems surreal. Uh, honestly, it oh, seems surreal. I've dude. never seen, I've never seen Federer just so puzzled <laughs> by everything that was going on out there. He seemed like. Do you read much into it? No, not really. I, I, don't. I, just I mean, think if, he, if I just think he had a bad day yeah. and everything was going right for Murray. Yeah. And Murray has a good record against. Federer. Yeah, Murray matches up well on him, and I think if you went to Rog and said, "Look." We'll give you the gold medal, but it means you lost Wimbledon three weeks ago. Yeah. Federal will say, go jump in the lake. I'll yeah. take my Wimbledon title. Yeah, that's right. So and, that, but, I mean, it's... Yeah, as I said, it was a bit... Was, I think mentally, both of them... I yeah. mean, Murray knew this was his chance. Yeah. And I think Federer knew this was Murray's chance too. Yeah. So he's almost saying, yeah, you can have this one. Yeah, I, as I said, I didn't read too much into it. I, yeah. I mean, you could tell that from Federer's body language, he was like, they're going... I don't, it's I'm just not my day. I'm just not going to beat this yep. guy today. You could yep. just see it. Yeah, I, I look, good for good for Murray. It'll be interesting to see if this is the thing that gets him going. Yeah, I think it's also the thing that should see tennis removed from the Olympics, really. Because I think it's just not the pinnacle of the sport. Yeah. The four majors are so much more That's important. A, and I oh. think Federer's approach in the final, I mean, there's no way. If that, was a, if that were a Wimbledon final... There's no way he would have played like that, I don't think. Thank you. You just actually made a really, really good point, and it's a, a question I'll pose out there. What I think that the Olympics that should be the pinnacle yes. for sports, and for things like tennis and basketball, soccer, soccer in particular yep. is another one that's a good example. It's, it's not. It's just not. So why... Golf is another one. Yeah, well, since they're talking, about, they're, yeah. They're, they're talking about bringing golf yeah. in, I mean... There are four majors in both golf and tennis, and no yeah. one is going to want a gold medal yeah. more than they want those majors. No, that's right. Nobody's going to want a gold medal more than they want an NBA championship ring. Yeah. Nobody's going to want a gold medal in soccer more than a World Cup yeah. victory. I mean, Mexico beat Brazil, for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that tells you everything you need to yeah. know right there. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I, the... The funny thing about the Olympics is, you know, that it's all these, these uh, I guess we'll call them marginal sports. It's an odd combination, isn't it? Yeah. There's a lot of links to the past and then a few sort of yeah, modernisms thrown in. Yeah. Things like equestrian and a lot of the horse events and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I, I've, you know, things like judo as well. Yeah, I, I still the remember taekwondo. The best, yeah. yeah, the best description I've ever heard of any event was uh, somebody mentioning that judo is... 
it's basically a bar fight that keeps getting broken up. <laughs> Which was uh, something I heard on, um, I think it was a Basketball Jones podcast. And I, I laughed straight away. I was yeah. there thinking, you know what? That is the perfect description of what judo yeah. is. I mean, um, I'm, I'm not going to go for a description of Greco-Roman wrestling because it would just be some yeah, weird that's right. porn. But yeah. <laughs> it comes with its own backing yeah, track. That's exactly. what we know for sure. Bang, but, uh, bang, yeah. So... Uh, I guess moving moving away from that, uh, there's, you know, bat- Lord's being used for archery. Now it's back to its traditional yep. traditional sport of cricket. And, With uh, a slightly scarred outfield, I must say, looking yeah. at it last night. Yes. and uh, The Ponds and the Saffirs. Possibly the most excited I've been about the Test Series ever, which doesn't involve Australia. Yeah. And, well, I mean, the stage is set. At this point, it's stumps on day two um, in the third Test. And the Saffirs having been knocked over for 309 with Vernon Philander, of all people, top scoring. Is there anything you can't do? It's ridiculous. And the Poms having been 4 for 56 um, are now 5 for 220. And Johnny B. Stepping up. Showing he can boss attacks even when they don't contain Mitchell Johnson. (laughs) Yes. Wow. I mean, he, he batted very well yesterday. The one thing... I will say is um, when I saw uh, James Taylor coming out to the crease, for a second I thought Bradley Wigan had been recruited to the English team because of the helmet he was wearing. What the hell was that? It looked like it had been designed for, yeah, to be aerodynamic and sort of sleek and stay below the the slipstream and stuff like that. It's the most bizarre-looking helmet I've ever seen. But um, I just think the stage is set for England to, to... clinch this one, I think. Before the match, with everything that happened with KP and that, their backs were firmly yeah. to the wall. But I just get the feeling that if for no other reason than to send a giant fuck you to Kevin Peterson, mm. something just tells me they're actually going to win this match. Yeah, I mean, the Peterson's an interesting case, isn't he? He's a tosspot. That's, yeah. that's all I have to say for him. Anyone who wants his own unique individual contracts and time off to play in the IPL and wants to play 2020s but not 50 over cricket and all this sort of jazz, mate, you're part of a team, yeah. not an individual. And I think the most telling the most telling fact of all that's come out of this is when you talk to the English players about KP not being there, they've said, so what, you know? Yeah. Team unity is number one. Well, I found it, oh, you know, I found it interesting that there was, you know, the whole thing about the fake Kevin Peterson account yeah. on Twitter and how it was being followed by about six or seven of his teammates. Yeah. So I think that, that they either have a wicked sense of humour in, mm. in the case of uh, Graham Swan in particular. Oh, yeah. We know that that is actually the yeah. case, but it just probably shows you that he's not the most popular yeah, guy going exactly. Um, I mean, if that was happening in the Aussie dressing room, You'd say it'd be, well, perhaps with the exception of Matthew Hayden, you'd say it was just a bunch of blokes just taking the piss out of each other. But yeah. here there seemed to be a more, yeah, a, a bit of sort of sinister connotations to it. And the fact that Stuart Broad, you know, it was alleged was involved in setting up the account because a good friend of his is actually yeah. actually came out and said he's the one hosting it and was feeding him inside information and stuff. Yeah. It's... Uh, it was a little bit different from your standard uh, Luke yeah. Darcy Twitter account, <laughs> which is just oh set God. up for fun. This oh, one seems to be a bit more pointed than that. 
I love the way you that guy goes about it. Yeah. He's so brave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, so brave. Can we put a link up to that on our website, I think? I'm yeah. sure we can. For everyone who hasn't had at, a look, but go just, check just out. Just to make the... sure, it's, it's at, at not Luke Darcy on Twitter. Yeah. Um, the guys... Comic yeah. Gold. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think... It's certainly, it, this test series has lived up to the expectations and then some. There'd be those who question why this wasn't a five-test series if they get five tests for the Ashes. And to be honest, I think for a series that's deciding the number one team in the world, it deserves it. Mm. But it's given us everything so far. There have been yeah. some great innings. The a first triple, triple century by a South African, which I found really surprising. Yeah. I would have thought Graham Pollock or someone like that would have... Would have knocked one off. Well, the problem... Well, Pollock made high 270s. Mm. I think A.B. de Villiers actually held the record before Adler, yeah. as it turns yeah. out. Um, Graham's, I remember Graham Smith beat Pollock's record and then de Villiers beat mm. Smith's. But, um, yeah. yeah, the uh, Dean Jones has made the terrorist... Uh, yeah. <laughs> he, Jesus, Adler just looks like he's never going to get out. Yeah. And, I mean, it, he started that innings quite scratchy, but... He, you know, he's got that resilience that, yeah. you know... Sheer stick to itiveness. Yeah, every every Australian <laughs> batsman under the age of 25 who wants to play oh. for his country really should yeah. watch the way he goes about his work, because I... Fuck playing against your same bot in the BBL. Yeah. Luke, Darcy, Luke, Luke Darcy would love the way he yeah. goes about it. Yeah. Um, no, probably, Luke Darcy would probably be more likely to call him a terrorist. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, there's a lot of Dean Jones and Luke Darcy, I think. Uh, he'd call him for chucking, maybe, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we've had that. We've had, you know, Stain take Pfeiffer. And we've had the biggest shout-out I have to give, Graham Smith, who's broken Alan Border's record for most tests as captain. Um, he averages 75.87 in England, what mm. he did before this match. He had five centuries in ten matches. The only non-English player to average more in England is one DG Bradman, who was mm. a pretty handy player back in the day. Yeah. But not only that, as an opener, in every innings he's facing the best English quicks with the new ball to average 76 mm. in English conditions, which usually support swing bowling and, you know, there's overcast skies and green pitches. That, yeah, those figures beggar belief. I mean, in India that would be the equivalent of about a 200 run average, I'd mm. say. Yeah, I think his figures are a little bit inflated by what he did in his first series over there. But um, at the same time, yeah, still, you know, as you say, the ball hurt, being a left-hander as well, I think you, mm. that you, that's the other thing that you, uh, I mean, you've got to take into account because if the ball's moving around and it's uh, yeah. moving back into you as a left-hander, that's always probably the most difficult ball to play for them, so... And, yeah, Jimmy Anderson's no slouch. No, so, not at all. But, yeah, so... so well, I mean, for any over to average every, 76 in any sort of conditions is good. But mm. in England, yeah, across 10 tests, decent sample size. I dips me lid to him. So, I think that's a pretty comprehensive wrap of all that's been happening in the world of sport. The last <laughs> few weeks, yeah. I, um, actually, I do want to make... Actually, yeah. One uh, other point is that... Uh, the Twins beat the Red Sox uh, 3-1 in the series at Fenway Park, Everyone. including Joe Maurer, uh, when the Twins were down 4-3 in the top of the ninth. Not only two outs, but also two strikes against Maurer, and he came up with a three-run homer to clinch the win. Everybody, Maurer power. <laughs> everybody's beating the Red Sox these days, which is 
I don't know if you've heard the uh, you heard the story during the week that apparently uh, seventeen of the players met with uh, the owners of the team in an effort to try and get the manager fired. I, I made a comment earlier in the year that uh, I didn't know how long Bobby Valentine would last. He might not last a season, the way things are going. Um, yeah, if, if that doesn't scream vote of no confidence, I don't think anything will. There could will be a St. Valentine's uh, Day massacre coming up. <laughs> quite possibly, <laughs> if it hasn't already happened. Probably the only other sh- the interesting shout-out is, is that the AFL are finally cottoned on to what every football has known. Every footballing fan <laughs> follower, has, yeah. has known for about the uh, the last four or five years was that, oh, Melbourne were tanking. Yeah. Luke yeah. Darcy might not have been aware, no. but other than that, no. yeah, I think everyone knew. Oh, Luke Darcy loved the way that Melbourne team <laughs> went about it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, brought to light by Mr. Dirty 14, uh, Brock McLean, who uh, came out and said that he... Basically left Melbourne because he thought that they were doing things in a, uh, how can we put it, perhaps a, a less than optimal manner. That and was very diplomatic. Yeah. There, you, you could get a job at AFLHQ coining no. phrases like that. Demetrio would love to have you as a spokesman. Less than optimal. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Suboptimal even. Well, um, yeah. But um, look, as I said, if the AFL are... Um, Dinkum. Yeah, let's say, right, I'll, 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 I'll get my thoughts together right now and then I'll speak. Would you like us to play with regards With regards to tanking, the AFL has one body to blame for that and that is the AFL. They put the incentive there for these teams yep. to tank. It would actually be bad business practices yep. for teams to, to actually not tank. Um, As a team, you have an obligation to your supporters and to your members to do everything in your power to maximise your own advantages. And if the system's in place, which means, much like the badminton at the Olympics, which means it's advantageous for you to lose, then I'm sorry, you should be losing. (laughs) Mm, Absolutely. And I didn't like that Melbourne did it, and to a lesser extent Carlton as well, for that matter. Where Brock McLean is now playing. Yeah, I thought that was quite ironic, but... (laughs) I didn't like that they were doing it, but at the same time... You understood it. <laughs> I completely understand it, and if if I was a supporter of Melbourne or Carlton, I would be well and truly backing that as their philosophy and saying, you guys are stupid if you don't do it. If you're a Melbourne or Carlton supporter, you might have killed yourself by now, well, quietly, but no, yeah. point well made. And I think, yeah, when whenever the system allows for that sort of... Skullduggery to take place. It's, it's broken. Good choice. It good choice of words. Yeah. Considering that Tom Scully was the pick that they actually got for for tanking. That well was played. A nice happy stuff. coincidence. Well yeah. played. I'm going to pretend um, that was intentional. Yeah, well played. <laughs> you love um, the way I go about it. Yeah, that's right. So brave. So brave. Um, yeah. So, but um, yeah. So I think yeah. I mean, hopefully, if if. The whole investigation in this, which I notice has been sort of on the back burner now, no one said anything about it. If it comes out and says, oh, we've investigated it, there's no evidence of tanking, it'll it'll just be a complete joke. So hopefully this is the sort of kickstart they need to do something about about it. Whilst all that's true, I, I sit there and I wonder, okay, if they find that they were guilty of it, what can they possibly do? What What options do they have available to them? Because... It's it's a bit silly. It's it's a lot. You know, I don't want to draw exact similarities to the Penn State situation, but mm. what's it got to do with the people that are there now? This was a decision that was made historically mm. that impacted 
that may have impacted the club to where they are now. To be perfectly honest, don't don't penalise Melbourne. If you watch them play... What sort of benefit have they reaped from it? Jeez. Christ, watching Melbourne play, that's punishment enough. Um, I see see what you mean. It's not exactly like a um, Melbourne... Melbourne Storm situation where they've no. gone on to bigger and better things and you can sort of take them down a peg. Melbourne getting well, taken down a peg would <laughs> probably mean removing them from the league. Well, I mean, but at the same time, the Melbourne, in the Melbourne Storm situation, the administrators were still there and mm. a lot of the players were still there as well mm. at that particular point in time. And it was a retroactive view of what had happened last year. Yeah. Now, and I mean, it's not... That's This is the point. If you go... If, if there is a rule in place to stop stuff like this, then you need to enact on it at that point in time. You can't do it six or seven years down the track and go, oh, sorry, by the way, yeah, not good enough. Because, I mean, let's face it, if they do give them some sort of financial or draft penalty, it'll just mean that Melbourne will be rooted to the bottom of the ladder for the next X number of seasons, and mm. that's really no one's best interest. That's exactly right. Other well, than the teams you get to play Melbourne twice in the lopsided draw. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a quick way to make sure you go from 18 to 17 clubs pretty quickly, mm. I reckon. Um, oh, and Port Adelaide, followed them as well. Maybe this is a way to get it back to 16, which it should be. But then, of course, we'd only have eight games a weekend rather than nine to offer the broadcasters, which would result in at least, you know, a $3 billion drop in the price of the deal. That's ridiculous, that. Talking about having the ninth game as the key selling point, when four of the nine games this season have invariably invariably been watt-washers, I'd rather have eight decent, close, tightly contested matches than nine games with half of them being completely, yeah, one-sided joke fests. Yeah, well, it will be interesting to see what happens with GWS and Gold Coast in the future because if they turn out not to win a premiership in, say, the next five to eight years with the strategies that they've taken, Mm. which are very risky, to be honest. um, Basically compromising the rest of the league to prop them up. Yeah, that's right. I mean, then there has to be some pretty serious question marks placed over the administrators there. Demetrio, we're looking at you. Yeah. You wanker. And we don't particularly <laughs> want to look at you either. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Look away. Look away. Yeah. <laughs> and take that Muppet geese in with you. Oh, not to mention Adrian Anderson, who it yeah. seems his only qualification for the job was being mates with Demetrio about 20 years back when they were both lawyers together. Yeah. Not cool, AFL. Yeah. And it's the only sport in the world where you would expect that sort of bullshit to just be taken as status quo. We'd better stop before I... Uh before yeah. I hung G- The red mist is starting to descend on Jeej here. Yeah. Anyway, so on that note, we'll, yeah, we I'd will step away. Cut it off here. The closing ceremony will be held shortly, so That's right. prepare the paper dubs and yeah. we'll catch you next time. Later, yeah. skaters. Later, Hosen.